This is from an album that came out in uh, 1975. And the album was called Street Life Serenade. This is a song called Souvenir. Hi, I'm Alot Altman. And I'm Dave Dropcat. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. It's just a little song. Picture postcard, a folded stub, a program of the play, file away the photographs of your And welcome back to another episode of Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we are conversing about the shortest of all Billy Joel songs entitled Souvenir. Just like our last episode, Souvenir is tucked away as the ninth track on his third studio album entitled Street Life Serenade, which was released on October 11, 1974. And like four episodes ago, with Billy's original Christmas-themed song, She's Right on Time. This is Billy's New Year's-themed song attempt. This odd song, which from doing this podcast appears to be a listener favorite, appears nowhere else. As if it were erased from existence. (laughs) Yet, there is a box set collection released in 1990 only in Australia, entitled Souvenir, the Ultimate Collection. Souvenir? (laughs) (laughs) You got got to say it how they would say it. Uh, Is that how they'd say it? I thought you were doing somebody at a baseball game. Souvenir? (laughs) Now now I am. Yeah, you messed it up. (laughs) The weird part is the song Souvenir only appears at the very end of this box set as the last song on the fifth CD. That's after five songs live from Yankee Stadium, after Greatest Hits Volumes 1 and 2, after the entire album of Stormfront, after an hour-long Billy Joel interview, they finally get to this short song the entire collection was named after. It's It's not strange. This song was always his closing song. That's why they did that. Well, here's the thing, Alon. Did you know that he played this at the 2000 Years, the Millennium Concert, live album taping but it wasn't put on the album yeah i saw that (laughs) the album was recorded on goddamn new year's eve and they put in that awful stupid "Auld lang syne if i'm pronouncing that correctly i fucking hate that song on the album they put that on the album but they skipped over this song you know what happened i think i listened to that performance i think he was hitting the wrong notes he was playing it poorly on the piano interesting you should say that in case you were interested and uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. In 2000, Billy transposed a lot of his music to a lower key, thanks to all those wonderful cigarettes over the years. So Souvenir that night was actually sung in its original key that night for the final time. After that night, it was transposed from the key of E flat to D. So perhaps he was struggling with the song on this last occasion 
because then it was immediately transposed if you ever played it again. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to listen to it again because I think something was going on there. So that could be the reason. So with that all being said, let's get to the rankings. Some very kind of interesting ones in the sense of uh, disparity, I suppose. I don't know if that's the right word. Christopher Bonanos in his 2015 New York New, New York News Day, New York Magazine article out of 121 songs. Alan Altman, where does he place Souvenir? I'm going to go with 77. You are right there. He put it at 66. And he just put nice little prelude to something. Then Gamboa ranked it at 43 out of 124, which is a lot higher than I would think he would. And the fans rank it at 61, which I don't know. You know, so let's look at as we do. uh, I'll go first. And my take on this is I've never heard this song before. The first time I ever heard it was when Paul Lauren played it on the live show. So even though I thought I might have heard it before, I don't think I have. It's really good. It's really interesting. It's really sad. It's really odd. I I think I like the way Paul Lauren does it better. Uh, (laughs) But I was surprised at what this was. And I don't know at this point where I would put it in a ranking. It's certainly not a, a clunker. It's a really good song. I don't know whether I'd want somebody to close out a concert with this, especially on New Year's. I think this would put me in a bad mood leaving the place. Uh, If you're closing out, I don't know, the Village Underground, maybe you could make a case for it, a smaller venue or or, uh, where we saw Paul Lauren, actually, the city winery. But to close Madison Garden after a festive evening, I think I'd be very disappointed. Yeah, there's like two schools of thought, I guess, with how to close a big concert. Either close with a huge bang or you close in a nice little coda like this. That leaves people saying, oh, that was nice. And now I'm, I feel calm. I can go out into the night. So Billy Joel used to close with this. And now he closes with you may be right. So now he goes the complete opposite direction with one of his biggest, most fun numbers. Yeah. And that's the way you close out a show at Madison Square Garden. You leave people going crazy at the end and then they walk out. Listen, I'm just going to use this as a reference. Maybe I've spoken about it before, but I mean, this is the stupidest reference. But the musical Rocky (laughs) that was on Broadway. I mean, this is the worst musical I've ever seen in my life. And yet the last (laughs) 20 minutes was unbelievable. I think we we might have talked about with Michael Riedel. The last 20 minutes was the fight. And watching that staged on Broadway, that's what you went for. That's why you paid the money. All the sports stations were like, you got to stay to the end. I was with David Tell. He's like, should we leave at intermission? This is bad, right? He didn't know. He goes, is this bad? I'm like, it's awful. He goes, he didn't know <laughs> the difference. And I go, no, we're supposed to stay. And it was worth it. When we left that theater, we were so jacked. Everybody was. It, it, when you left that theater and people were walking by the Winter Garden Theater on our way out and you saw people leaving that theater, you'd be like, I got to see that play. Jesus, what happened in there? That's the way I want to leave. I'm Madison Square Garden. Can you imagine you close with this souvenir and everybody's walking out like, how was the show? Good. It was good because you're leaving somber. <laughs> yeah, it's like a palate cleanser. Like you almost forget everything else that happened for the two hours before it because you're just like, oh, yeah. You know what okay. it reminds you of? How much money you spent on the tickets. That's a souvenir right there, which you don't even get anymore because <laughs> ah, now it's yes. an e-ticket. You don't even have this ticket stub. Yes. Well, I always say what a little souvenir it is in its shortness. 
<laughs> like the song. It's a, it is a little gift in a way. And, and but but isn't this strange, Alon? It's like we know how he feels about this album, and we clearly just ran out of material. So this song's two minutes and two seconds, and the next song's an instrumental. I didn't give a crap. <laughs> yeah, it's he has two instrumentals on the album and a two minute song. So he really was out of material. And he said in one of these interviews that that his producer, Michael Stewart, asked if there was more to the song. And then Billy Joel says, that's all I have to say about that. Like he's far as Gump. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, he pulled like the famous last words. He's like, I'm done. I mean, he was already done in 1974. And then 20 years later, he was done again. I don't understand how you come back from L.A., and not have anything to say. He's lucky he got they got to let him make turnstiles after this. I mean, seriously, this is an embarrassment to your fans. I know we like it. We like the songs off. We like it now. But really, I never witnessed this before. I had no idea this was a two-minute and two-second song, let alone the last song being an instrumental. And I totally forgot about the other instrumental on the album. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think he he alienated the fans of this album because of stuff like this. So it sold pretty good because he had the fame from Piano Man. But then Turnstiles did so, so poorly because it was coming on the heels of this. And people probably thought, what's it going to be? Some more two minute songs, some more instrumentals. They didn't know how great Turnstiles was because they were looking at his last work and thinking, what is this two minute song about photographs and postcards? Isn't that funny? It's like you have to put out two good albums to make a stance. I mean, it's like we were talking about last time with uh, She's Got Away. It's very rare to put out a perfect first album like The Cars or Boston, like you said. But so you got to put out two good ones in a row to make a splash. So like even though Turnstiles didn't sell, it was good and everybody liked it. There's a couple songs of people like they're getting into it. And then you come out with a stranger. I wonder if the stranger would have been so popular coming off this album. Yeah, it probably would have been just like Turnstiles. I think you need one in between. And then 52nd Street would have been The Stranger, you know, which it was anyway. But then, I mean, that's why then he went crazy. You know, 52nd Street, Glass House. I mean, it's a, it's a miracle. I mean, really, if you look at, and I, I know people talk about those, those four Turnstiles through Glass Houses is his complete wheelhouse. As fans, we like, you know, more than that. But that's those four albums, that period of time, 76 to... 81 to 80, 76 to 80. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and throughout all that, he was still using Souvenir in his live shows because uh, it is a good song. Like you, I like the song a lot. Uh, I wish it was longer. I'm sure you could have thought of something to make it a little bit more beefy. Uh, but it's nice that it is small because it kind of gives it, like you said, it is a souvenir of a song Yeah. in that way. But uh, yeah, man, two minutes on the album. And then when he plays it live, he goes even faster. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's faster. like sometimes it's like a minute 40. It's it's really just I mean, so he, he could really, really was trying to make like an odd Lang Syne. So is that how you pronounce it? Or odd Lang Syne? All odd Lang Syne. I don't Aud know. I never Lang say Syne? it. Maud Lang Syne. Huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate that song more than anything in the whole world. I hate when anybody plays it. I don't, it's just depressing. And we're, I guess just, you know, things haven't gone well in my life where I'm excited about the new year. So I just hate that song so much. I don't know who likes it. It's such a crappy song. So again, I feel like Billy Joel let down the fans again. He never wrote a good Christmas song and he never wrote a good New Year's song. Like, I mean, he did, but it's not a true Christmas song and it's not a true New Year's song. You know, I think he could have he could have made the standards of what we sing every New Year 
<laughs> like he's so good. We could have got rid of that crappy song from the 1920s and done Billy Joel, and it would have been amazing. I'm with you. I think this is Billy's opportunity to have made a great nearest song, but just like she's right on time, he doesn't really say it. He doesn't put it on the nose. I wouldn't have never thought of this as a New Year's song, even though he yeah. mentions every year fading away. I don't think of it that way. Um, by the way, you have to plug in that scene from The Simpsons at TGI McScratchy's uh, in the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode when they go to the, it's always New Year's at TGI McScratchy's. And Marge tells the guy like, oh, you must be so happy to always celebrate the New Year. Oh. He goes, kill me. <laughs> I remember that one. Welcome to TGI McScratchy's, where it's constantly New Year's Eve. Here we go again. Three, two, one. It must be wonderful to ring in the new year over and over and over. Please kill me. I also remember that one because we use it all the time when they're like, remember, we're in the itchy lot. Remember, yeah. there's only an itchy and a scratchy lot for and like huge. 10,000 cars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember. Is that the one with the board pins? Yeah. The board license. The board li- Attention, we are out of board license plates. <laughs> Right, right. He's looking through the license plates. And that that's what made the Simpsons so, like you're always looking for your name. There's no way there was a lawn and or, you know, even David was always sold out. So there was never anything there. So he's going through and he's looking for Bart. It just comes up, you know, something, something. It's close. And then it goes Bort instead of Bart. And he's like, Bort, whose name's Bort? And there's three kids named Bort there. <laughs> you're talking about me? Yeah. And the mom's like, come along, son. Bort. Are you talking to me? <laughs> no, my son is also named Bort. That's a great episode. And then the, the uh, over the PA when Marge is getting those T-shirts made up that say like best vacation ever. And they say, uh, Marge Simpson, your son is being held at security. Also, your older, your older balder, fatter <laughs> son. Yeah, I totally remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode, like a milestone episode where the series was just kicking it. Just like Billy Joel from 1976 to 1980, he was just bringing it every album better than the next. Yeah, everyone has a golden period. The Simpsons, Seinfeld, Billy Joel. Yep. So here's something, and I I don't know how you couldn't notice it, but it's hard for me with this song. I'm going to ruin it for everybody again, but I don't see how nobody sees the first three notes. It goes, here she is, Miss America. (laughs) Nobody noticed that except me. No, it's Chopin. He clearly said the first three notes are Chopin, da, not Miss America. Da, da. Miss America. <laughs> You're right. Da, da, da. Miss America. There she is. Your ideal. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's why as soon as I heard from the first three words, I'm like, this guy just keeps ripping off all these people. You see, everybody is ripping me a new asshole that he, he couldn't have ripped off the Rocky four theme because it was before. They like, <laughs> take you oh, very literally took me to school on that already, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny to say Billy Joel ripped off anybody. We know he didn't rip off anybody. It's just hilarious to think that, you know, Billy Joel's sitting around listening to the Miss America theme, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be a rocking tune. Meanwhile, Alan, I've seen Billy Joel on New Year's Eve. 
I've been there. I don't remember him playing this goddamn song. I have been to a New Year's Eve concert. I looked it up. I don't remember what album it was for. I looked to see if he played the nylon. I mean, I don't know where I was. Was I in Massachusetts? Was I in New York? Where else would I have possibly seen him? I don't know. I was definitely at a New Year's Eve concert. I know it for a fact. He did the stupid Auld Lang Syne. I was furious. The show started at 1030. And then he went into, you know, the greatest hits right after Auld Lang Syne. He went into You May Be Right and Sometimes a Fantasy. I'll never forget it. It was fantastic. But I just don't remember him playing the song, but he must have. No, he, he did. Have. He did not always play this on New Year's. Oh, is that right? Basically, if you hear him play this, you are watching him on New Year's. But if it's New Year's, it does not mean that he is going to play this. I looked it all up. I know I saw him on New Year's, but I can't find the show. I don't know what album it was. Well, I'll, get, I'll give you the live stats just to let you know like how often this kind of thing happens. So he's played this 40. He's played this 70 times. It's the 49th most played song. But since 1981, he's only played it 12 times. And 10 of those 12 times have been on New Year's. So that means in the last... 40 years, only a quarter of those years is he playing this on, on a New Year's show. Well, so it's I'm, not that often, although he'll never play it when it's not New Year's. I could swear I saw it in Madison Square Garden on New Year. I mean, I know I saw one of his New Year's shows. Just can't remember what album it was. It's if really you can figure it out, folks, please write in to BillyJoel A to Z at gmail.com. I know I just, uh, And again, I wish I had kept a souvenir from it so i would have the stuff yeah, which I love. right or the t-shirt billy joel world tour 1986 right well that's why you know look at these lyrics and they're just so few it's like this is almost an instrumental itself uh, i mean it's so beautiful though a picture postcard a folded stub a program of the play i mean i keep all those things mm-hmm. it's so funny file away your photographs of your holiday and your mementos will turn to dust but that's the price you pay for every year as a souvenir that slowly fades away. And that's the entire lyrics. Yeah. I wrote down the entire lyrics. And that's it. This guy was phoning it in in 1974. <laughs> and then yet it's still better than a whole bunch of people's stuff. And by the way, do you think anyone ever told him that he's saying the word memento wrong? Um, he, he sings it as memento every single time. Well, he is it's memento. Memento. Maybe in Long Island they say momento. No, they'd be like they would call it like mormento. Uno momento. All right. Moment, mormentor. Hey, hey, listen. I carry a bunch of clams in my pockets. Listen. Oh, by the way, uh oh, I'll tell you about that later. Just about <laughs> Paul Rudd. I think oh, I think some kind of a, in a side story. clam story for Well, I think I'm trying to get closer to figuring out the clam story with somebody who was there. So Ooh, I was that talking would to be Paul sweet. Rudd and I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, but, but spe- speaking of clams um, and mementos, I think Billy Joel probably does keep one clamshell from every dinner he has. <laughs> and he writes on the inside of it, you know, like Guaducci's uh, September 27th, 1998. This is the these are the clams I ate with Paul Rudd and Adam Scott. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> some people keep like a wine bottle cork so they can remember where they had it. Billy does it with clamshells. Well, again, at the end of our movie, uh, when they make a movie about us, <laughs> just like after he sings December song for us at the garden and we go up on stage and sing along with him. Uh, there's a pan to his house with all the clams of all the stuff he has written on at the last clam. It says Billy Joel A to Z guys. Aww. Dun, da, da. Dun. 
It does work. <laughs> slowly <laughs> fades pan, away. Slowly pan to the last clamshell. Or he's a mass murderer and he writes the name of everyone, he all of his victims on clamshells. And you think we have a happy moment, but then we go to his house and we see the clamshells and the last one says, Dave, just gal. <laughs> and then the fans, the listeners know, oh my God, he's about to murder them. Oh no. Because <laughs> he says to like, us on stage, he's like, I'll have you guys over for dinner tomorrow night. And we're all happy, but then it's Lord, he's going to murder us. And then and he's angry like like a crazy person because we kept up with the December song and that drove him to crazy. Just like what did we do that high anxiety trivia last week? Uh, <laughs> Barry, who's the guy that directed Diner? I don't remember. Did we do this for Bar- trivia? Barry Levinson. Uh, uh-huh. He's in the movie High Anxiety and he's driven to craziness because Mel Brooks keeps asking him for a paper and then he stabs him in the shower like psycho. Oh, Dennis, would you take Dr. Thorndike to his room, please? Anything I can get you, sir? Yes, please. I'd like a newspaper. Gotcha. Get you one and meet you at the elevators. Please don't forget, it's rather important. All right. All right, already. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anything else I can get you, sir? Oh, yes, my newspaper. What happened to my newspaper? Oh, the newsstand didn't have any. I didn't feel like running around a corner. It's a hassle. I want that newspaper. It's very important. All right, I'll get your paper. I'll get your paper. Don't forget. All right, all right. What's so important about a lousy, crummy newspaper? That kid gets no tip. But he drove him to that. That's what we did to Billy Joel by keep requesting December song. And that's what causes. <laughs> yeah. You know what we should really do, though? Because I don't want that to happen. Is it December song? Is it December song? <laughs> Sorry. I'm worried. I think we have to mix it up. Sometimes we'll scream December song. Sometimes we'll scream. Bye bye. Where's my lady? <laughs> so we get a little bit of one, a little bit of the other. Great ships and great oceans. Cross to bear. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to my journey's end <laughs> numbers <laughs> <laughs> numbers. Part two guitar well, version. The best. We scream at numbers just to be dicks. And he's like, well, which one? One or two? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I think he'd respond to us. I have a heart attack. <laughs> Dave's heart can't take that kind of shock. We didn't think you were listening. <laughs> I hear all my fans. <laughs> and then he just fades away into the sky right. and disappears I answer all my fans prayers and they all want me to play we didn't start the fire every single show <laughs> and no rarities one thing that's cool about this is that from that denny somak recording we have from the roxy in 1973 billy joel opens the show with, with uh, two songs one of them was rosalinda and the other one is souvenir this oh. is a year yeah, it's a year before this song was released. So it's probably it could be the earliest time he ever played it live. Oh, my God. Alon, that's even worse news. That means that he had already had that. Like, he really put no effort into this album. He was just taking songs. He's like, well, I got this one. Yeah, I got oh, a snippet no, over I here. Wish you hadn't told me that. That's even worse. Right. And it's not even like it's an early version. It's the full finished version of the song. Oh, it sounds my. great. Oh, it sounds my. awesome. Why even put out an album at all? <laughs> but he really hates us. 
although he made it up to us, but I'm just saying he, or, or did he? Because after leaving, after River of Dreams, he, I think he really hates his fan base. <laughs> no. Although I guess he doesn't because his MSG plays all the hits. All right, I'll let it go. And you know, look, and the thing is, he doesn't hate our, the fans. He just hates pop music. This isn't his thing anymore. He mentions that in an interview when he's talking about this song, how it's inspired by Chopin, that he just loves classical music. And all he listens to is classical music. Aren't we so lucky? <laughs> Fantasies and delusions. Yay. Well, Dave, it's the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? All right, Alon, this is insane. This, this trivia question is longer than the song itself. I'm not kidding you. It's really messed up. By the time I get to the actual question, you won't even know what it is. Okay. You ready? Ready. As most of you know, in January, I will be teaching a course <laughs> at a university on the movie Clueless. This is me, Dave Jessica. I will probably touch on the movie Love Actually as well, since it is an unbelievable feat, putting all A-list stars and Oscar winners in one cohesive movie. Unfortunately, the awful Gary Marshall, who used to be a hero of mine, made a trilogy of movies with that same pattern, and all of them sucked. The second piece of trash from 2011 was entitled New Year's Eve. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I saw it. You saw it. Well, then you know it stars Halle Berry, Jessica Biel, John Bon Jovi, Abigail Breslin, people that were famous in 2011, Ludacris, Matthew Broderick, Sarah Jessica Parker, Robert De Niro, Zach Efron, Ashton Kutcher, John Lithgow, Seth Meyers, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ryan Seacrest, Hillary Swank, Common, and Leah Michelle, to name a few. How the fuck can you fuck that movie up in a way, right? Well, some of them kind of suck. Wow, well, Common, now, but in, Leah Michelle? In 2011, you're not thinking of the year so mayor bloomberg was even in the movie so we may have gotten lucky that no one thought of souvenir for this movie as john bon jovi and leah michelle have both done billy joel covers before now leah michelle sings old lang syne in this movie but it is possible she could have recommended souvenir since in the television show glee she and the cast sang about 11 Billy Joel songs on that show. In fact, there's a full episode entitled Moving Out where they do seven of them on one episode in an hour. Okay, so this is crazy. This is what it's led up to. Do you know <laughs> what Bob Dylan song? <laughs> right, you weren't seeing this coming. Nope. What Bob Dylan song has both been covered by Billy Joel and Leah Michelle. And when I mean covered, I mean released and covered. Okay, so I know what it is, but I'm, I, the title I'm a little bit, uh, it's, is it To Let You Feel My Love? You or absolutely to make, got to it make right. You? That's a ding, ding, ding. It's To Make You Feel My Love. To Make love. You Feel My Love. Okay. Okay, so, so here's the backup trivia question. Can you guess which guy once again covered this Billy Joel cover? Jordan Knight? No, no, it's much better than that. It's the <laughs> obvious answer. John Bon Jovi. No, who covered the Billy Joel cover? Who's known for covering Billy Joel covers? Who covered another cover of a Billy Joel cover of another cover? Paul Lauren? No, it's Garth Brooks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Garth Brooks covered the Billy Joel song. See, so this is 
this is the weird part. This is the Garth Brooks thing that Billy Joel did. It's a 1997 Bob Dylan song, a later Dylan song. Billy put it out in Greatest Hits Volume 3, which means it was officially released a month before the Dylan version came out. (laughs) And now there's even a video for it. And now that is the official version is the Billy Joel version. It's now because of Billy Joel, 450 people have covered the Billy Joel version. And I am talking about Adele. Michael Bolton, Neil Diamond, Boyd George, Brian Ferry, Kelly Clarkson, Michael Buble, and Pink have covered the cover (laughs) by Billy Joel of the Bob Dylan song. So meanwhile, Billy Joel just pulled. He must have been so angry about that Garth Brooks song and people knowing Garth Brooks more than they knew that it was Billy Joel's song. that he's like, well, I'm going to do that with Bob Dylan. Teach him a lesson. And now people (laughs) cover the Billy Joel version of to make you feel my love now how about that for fucking trivia that's great trivia that was a long question and we could have listened to souvenir six times <laughs> i told you it was good bob dylan this was, this was a good episode to make a long trivia question i think another cool thing you could have done with that was all these people who covered the billy joel version of this bob dylan song uh what tv show did they all appear on it because it sounds like it's a cast from celebrity big brother uk it's like Boy George, Kelly Clarkson. It's like all these washed up, like kind of oh, celebrities that would just be on some British reality show living in a house together, singing to make you feel my love. <laughs> Good point. I guess that could have worked too. But I didn't even know about that. And obviously we didn't cover it. Well, we could because it's in the tease, but well, we will cover it in the tease in the sense of he also has this song, but it's not a Billy Joel written song, but it's, it's goddamn pop. 450 people have covered it. It's a later Bob Dylan song. Never heard of it in my life. Yeah, but it's, it gets covered a lot at Porch Fest. <laughs> That's where you're seeing, I say about half of the 450 are Porch Fest bands. You are on fire tonight. <laughs> All right. Do you have a, uh, hopefully a trivia question that's at equal length uh, for me? <laughs> it's not equal length, but I can have it sort of tie into what you did in some way. So my question is, the Eagles released a song called Funky New Year in 1978 as a B-side to what Christmas song? Mm. And the thing yes. that will tie it to what you just did is this Eagles Christmas song, which wasn't an original, it was a cover. Yeah. The Eagles version was later covered by Bon Jovi. I can picture Don Henley. Wait, I got it. I just thought it was done. Oh. Bells will be ringing. Yeah, that song. What's the name of it? It's called Please Come Home for Christmas. Yes, I can picture Don Henley in my head singing it. I just didn't know it was the Eagles. I thought it was solo. No, yeah, it was with the Eagles in 78. It never really got, it was only a B-side to this. It was the A-side and the B-side was this funky New Year. So that was their New Year's song, which is a funky song. Listen to Funky New Year. I will. God, I love that Eagles Christmas song. It's so good. That's a good trivia question, Alon. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Well, <laughs> if you have a, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, if you have a parody for this, uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I guess it's easy. <laughs> Since there's only about four words in the song anyway, but still it's, uh, what do you got today? 
Well, you know, what's funny is so for She's Got Away, I decided to do the entire song. And then this song has like literally like 10 lines in it. And I just did like one verse. Good. <laughs> so my parody of Souvenir is called Severed Ear. Hey. A cafe terrace, a starry night, a landscape that you know. The artist here had a severed ear, and he was named Van Gogh. (laughs) The artist here had a severed ear, and he was named Van Gogh. There she is, Miss America. I'm not sure if that last part's part of the parody. Let me do 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 do's at the end. Not with his mouth. <laughs> well, that's that was actually really that was good. That was Tango. That's funny. I didn't. I saw it coming, uh, but not at the beginning, so it was good. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping it was going to be that. Is what I. Well, when you hear Severed Ear, it's either going to be some kind of horror film. I, I didn't even or... think about Van Gogh for a second when I heard that. I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to be a horror film, so I like this direction. I was also thinking of doing one about candy because uh, the way he says mementos just reminds me of Mentos. Mentos. And I was like, how can I make this about breath mints? Fresh goes better. Fresh goes better. Fresh goes better with Mentos. Fresh and full of life. Mentos. Fresh maker. That's from Clueless. They do it in that also. Yeah, they have the commercial and that's from when, uh, that. Well, no, but they sing the song. Uh, the girl um, who uh, Brittany Murphy. Murphy sings it. Yeah, yeah. She goes, "Well, I get right." Paul Rudd and Alicia Stover are looking at her like, "What an idiot!" And she goes, "Well, I guess I'll see you around. I hope not sporadically." And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, <laughs> she's learning." Hey, Brainiac. <laughs> Well, folks, that was Souvenir. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single one. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Would you be disappointed if Billy played this as the final song at a concert? Dave's nodding his head. <laughs> does the intro sound like Miss America to you? Of course it does. What's the matter with all you people? And Dave knows. He watches a lot of pageants. I, I do that. Do you think Billy was phoning it in with the Street Life Serenade album? Absolutely. And do you save your concert ticket stubs? I do. I do too. But now I do. I wish I'd saved them back then. Damn it. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. And your mementos will turn to dust But that's the price you pay For every year The souvenir That slowly fades away
Slowly fade.